Climate change, poverty, mental health, young people and adults face a world of constant change. It's the connections we make, innovations and education that come together to help us make a difference. Welcome to the power of young people to change the world. In this program, we bring together leaders that share stories designed to inspire you to serve, learn and change the world. Now, here's your host, Amy Muirs. Welcome to the power of young people to change the world. I'm your host, Amy Muirs, and I'm here every Thursday on Voice America Empowerment Radio, where together we explore how young people are using their ideas, creativity, and passion to shape a better world, and how educators are utilizing the power of service learning to redesign education. On this week's show, I'm joined by Jennifer Geist, a global education consultant and part of the Qatar Foundation International Education Team, as well as Lena Altorone, a student from Doha who participated in QFI's Commit to Action, a service learning program that inspired her to create Green Mangroves, a nonprofit project that brings people together to protect our oceans. So this is so exciting. They are joining us from the UN Climate Change Pre-Conference in Milan, Italy. I am so grateful for the two of you to to be with me um, this evening for you, this morning for me. Thank you both so much for taking time to join me. So it's great to be here. Thank you, Amy. Thank Absolutely. You, Amy. So, Jennifer and Lena, before we um, talk about your work and, and the conference, because we want to hear all about that, um, I would love to learn more about each of you. Um, could you introduce yourself to our listeners and tell us a little bit about what you do in your free time, if you have any, because I know you're both very busy um, individuals. Jennifer, I thought we'd start with you. Okay, great. Thanks, Amy. Um, uh, I My name is Jennifer. As you know, I've been working in uh, the field of education for about 25 years, and uh, I love my work. Uh, it's been very dynamic. I've done a lot of different things with my work uh, over the years, and you'll probably hear about some of those things during this interview. But um, most recently, I have bought a sailboat, and I live on it in the Caribbean full-time, And um, it's very interesting to be here at the conference because one of the things I'm learning to do is live with a very, very small carbon footprint. And uh, that's one of my challenges. And one of the things that takes a lot of free time because uh, you have to cut out a lot of conveniences in order to have a smaller carbon footprint. And I'm really enjoying that. Um, I'm the mother of two grown daughters who are amazing people. And um, I love to kayak. Um, that's my, I think that's, that's amazing. <laughs> I, I'm just still blown away that you live on the sailboat. It's, it's, that's unbelievable and a dream. <laughs> Lena, how about you? Um, thanks, Amy, for hosting us. So my name is Lena and I'm uh, 20, 21 years old from Jordan, but I currently live in Qatar. Um, I'm currently a third year medical student at Qatar University. So um, bringing together medical school and climate change action has been quite a challenge for me, but we're doing it. So um, I'm also the founder of Green Mangroves, which is a project that brings people together in kayaks to protect oceans, one person, one kayak, and one third at a time. Um, when I'm not studying, uh, you can find me doing jujitsu, martial arts, or basically kayaking, uh, hanging out with my family in outdoor spaces. Yeah. 
And um, as Jennifer said, she loves to kayak. So that's a shared interest. <laughs> <laughs> I'm yeah. curious. I want to know from each of you, like, what's the most, like, unique or amazing thing that you've seen while you've been out on the ocean or kayaking? Ooh, wow. That's a great one. Um, I'm going to tell you the, one of the most amazing days of my life was out in the middle of the Atlantic on a day when it was so calm that this clouds in the sky were perfectly reflected on a calm, flat ocean, so much so that you could not see the horizon. It oh, was wow. just 360 degrees all around. Every direction you looked, it looked like sky. It was incredible. Oh, <laughs> that sounds, yeah. And I was that 18 amazing. years old, so many years ago, but I bring that memory forward. That's amazing. Lena, how about you? Um, my memories, there are two memories. So one of them was basically seeing kind of really intense rain in the sea. I've never seen that before, uh, mm. water into water. And mm. another one was basically kayaking and then seeing the flamingos um, in the mangroves. They come all over from Africa to the mangroves in Qatar, where the weather is warmer. So seeing them in the real world, not on National Geographic, was something very <laughs> big for me. As soon as you described it, my mind went directly to National Geographic and yeah. the photos. <laughs> That's amazing. Um, so I really think that we need to set the stage right now by having you guys talk about where you are, what's happening, the Youth for Climate event. Um, Lena, can you share kind of what's going on and what, like, tell us about the event? All right. So uh, this event is uh, prior to the COP that's going to be in Glasgow. So we have all these youth advocates uh, for climate change coming from all over the world to basically share what they think should uh, we move forward in. And um, it's been incredible seeing people from all over the world um, having so many different ideas and so many perspectives uh, into what should happen and how we should basically um, either convince governments to do something and uh, whether individual action is important or not. So there's been so many events, uh, but they've been actually very hard to hold on because there's so many of them. But it's a very exciting time. That's amazing. And I think you should share. Um, there's a video in my inbox, I think, that you need to share um, what your participation in this conference has looked like. Okay. Uh, so... <laughs> For this conference, um, I joined two panels. So one of the panels was uh, with Qatar Foundation International, and we looked at how basically youth uh, can have a voice in climate change, what can they do? Um, and then the second uh, panel was with uh, Doha Debate, where we looked at representation of youth um, and the different perspectives of how youth can be presented in the climate change setting. So it's been a very interesting time because you eventually see all this youth and they have very similar ideas and lots of energy. Um, sometimes you think that climate change events would be kind of depressing in a very hard time. But on the contrary, I've seen them as really empowering and energizing uh, movements. Wonderful. And congratulations on being on those panels. That's a huge honor and so well deserved. Um, Jennifer, how about you? What are you hearing at the conference? Kind of what takeaways um, are you walking away with? Great. Well, I, um, in addition to what Lena said, well, actually, first, I have to make a, a little pitch. Lena was not only on um, her second panel today with Doha Debates was actually she was a guest on Dear World Live. And um, that it's quite a big deal. It was a, a 
live show narrate, uh, um, moderated panel um, produced by Doha Debates with Nelifer Hadayat as the moderator. Wow. And she was on with some um, with actually the youth envoy to the UN who is actually sits in uh, in the secretary of the UN's um, cabinet. Um, she was on with um, the head of uh, Earth Day, uh, which is a, a organization that represents millions and millions of people across the globe. I mean, she was on a panel with some real hot shots. So and and people can watch that. They can go to dohadebates.com. Um, I think it's backslash Dear World Live or even hashtag Dear World Live and easily find this episode. It was really good. It's amazing. So, um, uh, that was that was it's been great to be um, sort of riding on Lena's coattails around this conference. <laughs> yeah, she's kind of a superstar. Um, but um, I, let me tell you what I from a, as a, from an educator's perspective, uh, Amy, it's got the same energy as an NYLC conference. It's youth here and it's adult adults who choose to champion youth. And so it's really the same vibe as in, uh, as NYLC. It's, um, it's, it's pretty much agreed upon that young people, they're not the future, they're the now. And it's very much agreed upon that they are a force to be reckoned with. It's and they deserve, it's their right to have a seat at this table. So that's, that's really the big vibe going on here. The other thing I'm um, hearing, of course, I, I want to talk, I talk a lot to different educators um, and our panel this morning, um, we ended up talking a lot about how education can uh, change to do more climate education and to do more service learning in schools and make it part of the regular curriculum. And it just, there just isn't enough opportunity to youth and service learning is one of the avenues to um, let youth um, not just express themselves, but discover and find their passions Mm -hmm. and then really follow through. No, don't just go put it in the bottom drawer somewhere, but carry on and see where it will lead you. Um, And uh, I find educators that I'm talking to saying, I do a lot, but I need to do more. And I was just talking to a principal of a school just uh, 15 minutes ago. And she said to me, you know, here I am. I'm, I've brought nine young people to this conference and I still know there's so much more I can do. And her biggest takeaway is I need to be an even better listener. I think I'm a good listener, but I need to listen more. And then I need to you know, follow. Um, don't listen and then fi- try to fix, but listen and then follow and try to s- just support mm-hmm. and let youth lead. So that's big. That's, that's big. huge. That's right? huge. Yes. And it's so wonderful that that's part of the conversation. Um, you know, climate action and uh, climate change, climate action. Um, eco-social justice, all of these things are places where students have so much that they can contribute. Um, So it's wonderful that that's part of the conversation. We need to be listening to young people right now, not someday in some distant future. 
Jen, I'm wondering too, if you can talk a little bit about the commit to action program of from QFI, um, kind of how it started and, and its mission. Great. Yeah, I'd love to. And actually commit to action is the program where I met Lena for the first time. I, and we think it was 2016. We're almost positive, but you know, it is years <laughs> start ticking by. Um, so, um, Commit to Action is a project that was born in the youth engagement program uh, at QFI in 2014, and in large part because we were bringing young people to the NYLC conference and realizing that we wanted to develop something um, of our own that young people could um, apply to and uh, join and that it would have a training component uh, and that it would have a, um, a, because QFI works internationally and globally, it would have a global uh, uh, cohort. The, the young people would be from many different places and therefore bring many different worldviews to the, the project. And, um, we so it would have this training component and then this opportunity to conceive of a project, a service learning project, and then um, actually implement it and gain support from QFI, the organization, and me as a mentor to actually implement the project. And then the amazing culmination was to go to youth conferences and present. And so there's that whole component of learning to present and um, uh you know, design a, uh, engaging interactive workshops and, you know, the, and to travel and to ultimately it's to build a global community of young people who recognize each other as um, uh, fellow activists, fellow innovators. Um, you know, just this generation is, you know, as we see, when if you're 15, when you get started with these things, in five short years, you're 20 and you're a university student, perhaps, or you're in the workforce. And in 10 short years from your start, you're 25. You are now, you know, um, you know, well engaged with the community of your choice, perhaps, and your um, your ideas are even more evolved. Your access is even greater. And Perhaps you're even in a major leadership role. Uh, this is um, commit to action is the seeds of that. Um, and I will say that um, unique about commit to action is we uh, follow very closely NYLC's SLAP, the um, Service Learning Action Plan. That was a foundational piece of the program, the steps that we walked through together as a cohort. Um, and we and also commit to action was virtual for the most part. And this is back starting in 2014. So uh, well before COVID, but we came together on Zoom. We met weekly for 12 weeks every Saturday, no matter what time zone you were in. And we, so it had a virtual exchange component, had that global component. And then the sort of the, the icing, the globalized icing on the cake is that we were 
deeply with the sustainable development goals. Mm -hmm. So um, I'll give you a, a, a brief walkthrough of the process. Students apply with um, just uh, the application would just be to demonstrate their commitment to action. <laughs> and they would join the cohort. We would have our cohorts were about 25, 20 to 25 students. They would begin with the community walkabout where they, excuse me, they begin with the leadership compass. And we mm-hmm. use that as a tool to get to know each other and to learn about each other and learn about working in groups and group dynamic. Then students would go out and do the, co- the community walkabout where they'd try to tap into what do I see that is of concern to me and that I care about. They'd come together and share that I- those ideas in the Zoom call. And the next step, would they'd, they'd look for what we called affinity groups, SDG affinity groups. What do we have in common with others across the globe with our peers and which concerns do are, are, do we have in common and then which SDG would that concern be connected to? Does that make sense so far? Absolutely. Okay. Um, yep. Go ahead. I'll just then. continue and say that we, we then those affinity groups would usually have four five, six affinity groups. Then they would go forward to continue with, the SLAP, the uh, Service Learning Action Plan, and I would walk through those steps and design a project, but with this incredible global collaboration element, global collaboration, virtual exchange element. I mean, it's amazing. Really, a thing of beauty, really. <laughs> it's a thing yes. of beauty. Yes. We are going to have to take a brief pause, and then when we return, we'll continue our conversation with Jen and Lena. So stay with us on the power of young people to change the world. Voice America Empowerment Radio. We'll be right back. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. For nearly 40 years, the Minnesota-based National Youth Leadership Council has worked globally to transform classrooms, empower teachers, and captivate students by leading the way in providing high-quality, dynamic service learning content to school districts, classrooms, after-school programs, and everything in between. NYLC accelerates student achievement by strengthening academic, civic, and character outcomes through service learning. They tap into the passion, creativity, and ingenuity of all young people to make meaningful change happen. NYLC offers a variety of paths to reach service learning excellence through membership, its annual spring national service learning conference, customized professional development, tools, resources, and soon to be released, Getting Started in Service Learning, a book designed for teachers ready to lead the way to address real-world issues with all young people, inspiring them to serve, learn, change the world. Visit nylc.org to learn more today. 
We're with you wherever Alexa and Google are. At home, in the car, on your smart TV, and your connected devices. Hey, Alexa. Hey, Google. Play my favorite Voice America podcast on TuneIn. It's just that easy. But don't forget to make sure you actually mention the name of the podcast show to make it work. You are listening to The Power of Young People to Change the World with Amy Muirs. To find out more about Amy and the National Youth Leadership Council, please visit nylc.org. Now back to the show. Welcome back. Today I'm joined by Jennifer Geist and Lena Altorone. Um, again, I want to thank you both for being here Um a great conversation so far, taking a break from the amazing conference that you're at. Lena, I want to jump right in. Um, So you're part of the Commit to Action program. Can you talk about Green Mangroves and how it came to be um, its mission? Yeah, sure. Thank you for the question. So Green Mangroves kind of came to life in 2016, where um, there was one time I was actually visiting um, the north of Qatar, a place called Purple Island, which has mangrove trees and um, living in a desert country for all of my life I've never kind of seen this lush greenery so when I went to that area and I just saw this forest growing in the middle of the sea I was like amazed and I couldn't believe that this could be in Qatar so but at the same time I was seeing a letter thrown all around Um, there was kind of some pollution over there Um, so I came back from that trip and that kind of remained with me Fast forward, kind of a few months later, um, I was um, I came across Qatar Foundation International's Commit to Action program, and it was then that the dots kind of started connecting. Um, where, where what if I scale up from just cleaning up the area on my own to doing a social project and a service project that could actually bring both of them together? So um, Qatar Foundation International has been kind of the pathway for bringing this idea into life. And what we do here in Green Mangroves is that um, from 2015 up until 2020, just before COVID, uh, we took people outside on kayaking trips in the mangroves, where basically we would explore the area, we'd talk about um, climate change, the use of plastic, what can we do to protect oceans? And we could, we also did our yoga retreats in which people kind of learn how to connect with nature because um, we really believe that in order to protect um, nature and uh, combat climate change, we have to connect people to the thing that's worth protecting because people only protect what they love. So that is the kind of the idea behind green mangroves. It sounds amazing. I'm curious, like, um, what do participants um, uh, do as part of the kayak trips? Like, um, so, yeah. Okay. So once people come in, uh, we eventually kind of do a quick kayaking introduction. Um, and then we move on to our kayak in the area for around a two kilometers um, where we basically explain a bit about the mangroves. Um, and I'll do the same for the listeners. So mangroves are amazing trees that are able to grow in the seawater and then they filter out the seawater. They filter out the salt on the back of their leaves. So if you were to lick any leaf, you'd find that it tastes really salty. The wonderful thing about mangroves is that they are able to absorb three times more carbon dioxide than any rainforest tree, which basically creates this really important carbon sink, and we call that blue carbon. Um, and they are very important kind of biodiversity hubs. So you've got flamingos flying all over from Africa, and you also have these fish nurseries, natural fish nurseries, where kind of fish are safe to grow before they 
uh, head out to the sea. So we kind of, um, all our kind of education programs that happen within the trips are kind of hands-on. We go and explore the mud, we go and explore the roots that are growing outside of the soil. Um, roots of mangroves actually grow upwards and not downward because they need to get the oxygen from the air. So we get people from all ages coming on our trips and they are always fascinated by this amazing tree. Uh, we also occasionally do cleanups. Um, yeah, and that's basically what we do. <laughs> It sounds absolutely phenomenal. And honestly, like how you describe, um, I just, the images that come to mind are pretty amazing. Jen, you started to talk about this a little bit, um, but I was wondering if we could talk more about how we're supporting young people in tackling these issues, right? Like, how do we get them connected to the things that they care about and how do you get them started? Uh, this is a really great question. And, um, you know, I, again, I have to plug NYLC because I have learned a lot from you and your staff about that exact question. Um, and I think, Lena, you know, Lena just said to us, um, people protect what they love. Mm-hmm. And it's really through that sort of tapping into um, uh really finding things that you love, right? That's the sort of the key. And I think it's actually the key to a sustainable project also. So one of the things that I, I, I find challenging with service learning and helping students get connected to issues that they love is that, or issues that are important to them is you have to um, somehow stay away from indicating that this is just an assignment. This is just something that they have to, you have to make it authentic and you have to really walk that authenticity. And sometimes I think as educators or even as adults in the world, we, you know, we have a job to do, we have to get it done. There's some steps and some hoops to jump through. And, um, you know, one thing that I know about young people now really well, and I remember it so clearly from my own youth is when an adult is not taking me seriously, I know it. I knew it when I was a kid. And when I'm with young people, if I lapse for even a minute, (laughs) Mm -hmm. I'm busted. And I think there's, um, this is something to cultivate. It's a way, it's something that you have to cultivate in yourself. And when you can show up authentically and really encourage students and be connected to your own passions and things that you love, model that. It's very supportive. It's, it creates a safe space. And once you're there and, and young people feel safe with you, then I think you can really start having those real conversations about when you say you care about something, what, what do you mean? And allow young people to tap into the emotional component of that. Because when we care, we, our behavior changes and we, we are more authentic when we, can, when we speak to others about mm-hmm. what we care about and the behavioral changes perhaps that are necessary. Um, and imagine, you know, take that to politicians and policy writers take that to people with power and but you have to really believe to start yeah absolutely um along with that so lena is an amazing um 
representation of the the work that other young people have done through Commit to Action. I'm wondering if if there are, are a couple of other um, student stories that you could share with us. I thank you for uh, asking this, and and uh, I there are so many stories. You know, <laughs> yep. while Lena is so unique and special, and and I mean, Lena's truly extraordinary, and many many people are. Uh, are truly extraordinary. And, and I've had the honor of working with, with um, many of them, but I also need to say that everyone is extraordinary too. You know, everyone has this potential um, and we as ed- educators get to be in the, in the position of putting resources and opportunities in front of them. Uh, Commit to action was really um uh, a wonderful opportunity to put in front of any student who who wanted to do a service project. And the, one of my favorite projects, um, I think it was the uh, 2018 cohort, we had two young women in LA in different schools, two in Arizona in different schools, and two in Doha in different schools. So six young people. Um, and through the process I just described, they realized that the big issue for them, the really big issue was mental health mm-hmm. and mental health for young people. And they, through the work, through the SLAP and the, pro, the uh, service learning action plan process and the dialogue, they realized, okay, we're going to hone in on mental health uh, in schools. Our teachers need more support and training so that they can support us. We need better resources for our teachers. We need to talk to administrators and we need to talk to school districts. Uh, Part one, part two, we need to talk about this issue with our peers. We need to be in school, talking out loud, doing lunchtime sessions, talk about mental health. And number three, uh, we need to destigmatize it. And I guess both of those, number one and number two, really destigmatize it, but they got on social media and really worked it to destigmatize social uh, mental health issues. Now, the really important thing about this is that they were doing it across the globe. They were doing it in not only three different regions, right? Doha, uh, Arizona, uh, Tucson, and Los Angeles. But they were looking at how across these regions, how different um, the problem show. It is, well, the problem is very similar, but the solutions are, are, must be varied because they were facing different barriers in each place. Mm-hmm. So a global issue, we can come together around it, but definitely local action because it has to be sort of tailored for local needs. Having said that, they were able to sh- learn a lot from each other and get these ideas that never would have occurred to them had they not been talking to somebody from a completely different place. So the idea sharing was phenomenal and the impact therefore was just so much greater. Um, and one thing I want to mention about that project is that the Parkland shooting happened in Florida at the same time, uh, right during that project. And it was, it was really, it was pretty devastating. Our group talked about it quite a bit. Um, and, the students said, wow, are we ever right place, right time? And then they took so much inspiration from the Parkland students who went to Washington, D.C. and, and demanded changes in gun laws. Um, so 
it was it was just this incredible confluence and it had this global impact on a large number of youth and i need to say that they continue their work they're not still they've gone off to college and they're they've kind of dispersed in some ways but they still their instagram is still active they're still connected to each other and that's really a, a that's a sustainable that's impact yeah um, yeah yeah, when young people connect with an issue they care about, it's not this fleeting thing. It isn't checking the box or just submitting the paper, doing the time, the volunteer hours. Um, there's that commitment and, it, and it, it's lasting. We do have to take another quick break. Um, so when we come back, we'll continue our conversation with Jennifer and Lena. So stay with me, Amy Muir's on the power of young people to change the world, Voice American Empowerment Radio. We'll be right back. Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or Twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN. For nearly 40 years, the Minnesota-based National Youth Leadership Council has worked globally to transform classrooms, empower teachers, and captivate students by leading the way in providing high-quality, dynamic service learning content to school districts, classrooms, after-school programs, and everything in between. NYLC accelerates student achievement by strengthening academic, civic, and character outcomes through service learning. They tap into the passion, creativity, and ingenuity of all young people to make meaningful change happen. NYLC offers a variety of paths to reach service learning excellence through membership, its annual spring national service learning conference, customized professional development, tools, resources, and soon to be released, Getting Started in Service Learning, a book designed for teachers ready to lead the way to address real world issues with all young people, inspiring them to serve, learn, change the world. Visit nylc.org to learn more today. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You are listening to The Power of Young People to Change the World with Amy Muirs. To find out more about Amy and the National Youth Leadership Council, please visit nylc.org. Now back to the show. Welcome back, everyone. If you're just joining us, um, we're talking about climate action, service learning, um, amazing work that's happening. Um, Lena, I want to come back to you. Um, because the work that you're doing is so phenomenal. Um, and I'm still stuck on on these kayak trips. And so I'm just wondering if you could um, talk a little bit more about maybe what um, some of the things that the trip participants have discovered and also um, how it connects to being plastic free. Oh, that's a beautiful question because it ties to one of her components of our trips. So what we usually do is that after we kayak, we eventually kind of return to the shore and we sit together in a circle. Um, and we call this the humans of green mangroves moments. So we ask the question, if there's anything that you could do to change the world, 
uh, without restrictions, if you had like unlimited power, what would you do? And the, the answers were very startling. Um, some people kind of focused on climate change. Other people wanted to change the way the, the financial kind of the investment system works in order to kind of um, support people who really cannot afford things. So the questions were from climate change to health to the financial world. Um, but one of the most amazing things I think I've heard is that uh, one of the participants said, I wish we have the state of the planet like 3,000 years ago, but with the current technology, imagine mm -hmm. what we could really actually do. Um, other participants realized that once they came to the area and to the island, they realized that it really doesn't take much effort to protect this place. As long as you really don't litter um, and then you don't use plastic bottles, you're really in for a good shape. And um, they basically mentioned that coming to that place and seeing the beauty of it is what kind of propels them to do action later on when they go back home. And then what it means to be plastic free, that's something that really popped up. There was quite a lot of controversy on our trips um, regarding that. Some people believe that it is individual action. People should stop using single use plastics because they're basically turning uh, oceans into plastic soups. Um, mm -hmm. Other than that, uh, other people believe that it was not their responsibility. It was the responsi responsibility of the government. But um, Thinking about both sides, I think it's shared responsibility. The government um, should have laws um, against single-use plastic, but at the same time, the community and the people themselves in the country should be responsible for what they actually consume. Um, it's a bit like, um, so I myself also, um, I'm a vegan, so I cannot really demand the government basically to stop kind of producing uh, animal products entirely without me stopping consuming them. So it's kind of the same idea. We have to really turn off the tap of production before we kind of empty it back into recycling and so forth. Um, so one of the amazing projects that has been done uh, with regards to plastic-free living is there's um, an amazing uh, woman called Bea Johnson who has um, wrote a book and she started the movement of zero waste. Um, she basically lives in a house where they produce kind of one jar of waste in like three years. Wow. Um, an amazing <laughs> yeah, called the Zero Waste Home, which I really recommend uh, going over. So it goes by like every part of your house. How can you transition it into a plastic-free environment? And of course, not everything is would be applied in every region of the world. Sometimes it's really hard to, for example, source bulk materials or like bulk nuts and bulk grains. But uh, you do as much as we can. And we also work for um, changing the rules and changing uh, the laws. Wonderful. Um, we've had some amazing guests on the show. Um, and it just reminds me, we just had um, the twin sisters who founded Ocean Heroes New Orleans on. And we talked a lot about plastics in our ocean and just um, the damage that's being done. And um, it's just amazing um, that we, we haven't stepped back um, enough <laughs> to see what we're doing, the harm that we're creating with these single-use plastics. Yeah. Um, Lena, I'm wondering too. So um, you created Green Mangroves. Um, you're a third year medical student. Um, what, what kind of new skills or things have you developed that you, how are you connecting these two things? And, okay. and how is your work around Green Mangroves really advancing your practice as a medical student? 
Yeah. So I think green mangroves have uh, has really opened me to the problems that we face in the environment. So when I started green mangroves, I just thought that the problem was in plastics. It wasn't about like deforestation, the damage to the soils, um, the pollution of waters, the change in the climate. So it was a very kind of narrow uh, way of thinking. I didn't have that much information. But then with green mangroves, when I went to conferences and talked to other people and read papers, um, you really kind of, your scope of information and knowledge expands. And when that happens, you know where the problem is. Uh, with medical school, that's an interesting topic. So the first year of medical school was quite tough for me because I was not sure if um, studying the very minute details of anatomy will really do anything to help with the forest fires in Australia. And um, it came later on to the kind of conclusion that both medicine and activism for uh, environmentalism or like climate change have to do with healing. And us in the medical uh, system, unfortunately, in the healthcare system, uh, we have lots of chronic diseases, like let's say, for example, heart disease and cancer that are caused by basically wrong ways of um, lifestyle. Uh, we pollute the environment, we destroy the soils, we uh, spray pesticides on our foods and then we consume it. Then the cancer rates rise and we have cardiovascular disease. So um, if we're able basically to heal the planet, restore the soil um, kind of richness and biodiversity, and also um, if we're able to kind of transfer that into holistic healing for the humankind, um, I think that's where I think I'm going. Um, there's been this amazing project in Norway that has built uh, forest cabins in the woods uh, near a pediatric um, children's, in a children's hospital uh, where the children kind of get to explore nature instead of um, staying in hospital rooms. And if we were able basically to turn these areas in which we build kind of these cabins into regenerative landscapes, landscapes that produce food and so forth, we're able to heal humans and also heal the environment at the same time so i think it's a very exciting time and an exciting field to be uh, involved in that's amazing i just yeah i think mind blown right now when we start <laughs> to think about what that could look like and yeah mm. and the interdependence right like we're not separate from the earth yeah you know definitely. yeah Oh, wow. <laughs> um, so I think this is a very leading question that I'm going to ask you, Jen, but um, what have you learned about the need for young people to share their voices um, and engage them in conversation and what impact you hope this work is going to have or has already had? Yeah, well, you know, I'm, I, I'm here. I sit next to Lena and I know that I have had an impact on her life because she's told me so. And I believe her and we have an, and it's such an honor, you know? Um, and I think every adult in the world or alleged adult um, can consider themselves a, a champion for youth and consider themselves um, a potential youth mentor. And in whatever way they connect with youth, whether you work in education or any other field, um, or even, you know, as parents and grandparents, um, uh, we do have an impact. We have to remember how powerful we, you know, a force we can be in a young person's life. And the number one thing in helping a young person culti their, cultivate their voice is to be their audience, to listen. And 
it's so simple. And over and over again, I, I think, and I was saying earlier, you know, I, I, I get that from educators here that we're reminded, oh, listen, listen, um, that's the best way to cultivate voice. I think in doing so, you send a message, a clear message, you're worth listening to. I value what you have to say. That's, that's empowerment. Absolutely. And kind of along the same lens, Lena, how have you gotten support from other young people? Obviously, you're at a conference that's focused on youth voice. I'm just curious, like, how, how have other young people impacted the work that you're doing? And also the adults around you, how have you partnered with them? Um, I love this question. So um, I've had um, amazing support from adults uh, within the Qatar Foundation International. So since basically I just came up with this idea, it was just kind of a, an idea that I had in my mind. And then with the help of Qatar Foundation International, they really kind of helped me first develop the soft skills that I need. So I used to be this very, very, very shy person. I wouldn't talk to strangers, uh, but then slowly and slowly kind of I gained my confidence. And I think mentors... Um, see things in you that you do not yet see. And I think that's the power of mentorship is seeing who you can be in the future and then giving you the skills to get there. Um, and so they've helped me with like finding funding resources, connecting me to amazing people around the world. And, um, and within youth, uh, one of the strongest youth supporters is actually my sister. She's mm-hmm. the co-founder of Green Mangroves. And she like used to wake up in the middle of the night to hitch up the trailer uh, with the kayaks to drive one hour away. Um, so she has taught me lots of um, things about bravery and really kind of doing what you can do um, for the land and for the people. That's amazing. It's always good to have um, a sibling, a sister, or a brother who's <laughs> right there by your side. If I've learned anything from all of these radio shows, it's that having a si- the sibling that works with you can really make a huge difference. Awesome. (laughs) Uh, We do need to take one last short break. And then when we come back, we'll get some final reflections from our guests today. So stay with me on the power of young people to change the world. And remember to follow the show on social media at NYLCORG or find us at NYLC.org. We'll be right back. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. For nearly 40 years, the Minnesota-based National Youth Leadership Council has worked globally to transform classrooms, empower teachers, and captivate students by leading the way in providing high-quality, dynamic service learning content to school districts, classrooms, after-school programs, and everything in between. NYLC accelerates student achievement by strengthening academic, civic, and character outcomes through service learning. They tap into the passion, creativity, and ingenuity of all young people to make meaningful change happen. NYLC offers a variety of paths to reach service learning excellence through membership, its annual spring national service learning conference, customized professional development, 
tools, resources, and soon to be released, Getting Started in Service Learning, a book designed for teachers ready to lead the way to address real-world issues with all young people, inspiring them to serve, learn, change the world. Visit nylc.org to learn more today. We're with you wherever Alexa and Google are. At home, in the car, on your smart TV, and your connected devices. Hey, Alexa. Hey, Google. Play my favorite Voice America podcast on TuneIn. It's just that easy. But don't forget to make sure you actually mention the name of the podcast show to make it work. You are listening to The Power of Young People to Change the World with Amy Muirs. To find out more about Amy and the National Youth Leadership Council, please visit nylc.org. Now back to the show. Welcome back to the show, everyone. In our final few minutes, I want to get some final reflections from each of you. So, Lena, we will start with you. Um, How can other young people um, take action on climate Um, the issues facing our climate? And how would you um, encourage them to get started or get involved? Uh, All right. Um, So starting usually is the hardest bit, but then once you get started, things get rolling. So um, I remember when I first started, it was um, like I had the support from Qatar Foundation International, but at the same time, um, connecting with and forming partnerships and then finding funding took almost one whole year of just planning. So I think where you should start is just finding something that you really, really, really love and something that drives you, as Jennifer said. And if you're able to find that, you'll be able to sustain that effort and sustain that interest for the long time. So number one, find something that you're really interested in. Um, it could be, it could intersect. So between climate and, for example, supporting um, impoverished communities, it could really go in so many directions. And um, the second thing is... Um, I've heard this a lot today in the conference, and I love this idea, was um, if there's no seat for you at the table, create that seat. Mm. So um, if you basically have this idea, you've got something you're passionate about, um, find someone who has done something similar or is an expert in this field, and then create your seat at the table, contact them, let them mentor you. I think that's the best way to move forward. I love that. And I love that saying. Um, and I think as an as adults, we need to recognize if youth aren't at the table and start pushing those of us who believe in the power of youth voice and youth adult partnerships. Um, we need to look around the table and go, where are our young people? They should be not just seated at the table, but have a voice at the table. So that's mm-hmm. awesome. Thank you for sharing that. Jen, how about you? Um, Do you have something that you would share with our listeners, a piece of advice? I mean, you've been doing this a long time, have such amazing global experience. Um, What's something that you'd like to share about um, working with youth to take action? Wow, it's it's such a big question. I know. (laughs) And, you know, it's, um, I I think today at, at this uh, this this uh, event, oh, this this conference that is so uh, youth focused, it it seems kind of obvious uh, to that you know youth are important and that they have opinions and they have power and they have, um, but but it's actually I know it's not it doesn't always feel that way when you get out when you get out of a context like this, 
And um, I think one of the things I'd like to leave listeners with, particularly if you're in a, um, an educator, uh, is um, we need rituals or mantras or some saying or something that will remind us all the time of this truth that that uh, our society is structured so often and our institutions are structured to kind of exclude youth. And so we must counteract that. And one way to do it is on a personal level every day. And I think that's, I talked to this principal today and she said, I, I, I'm going to go home and I'm going to set up weekly lunches. She's a high school principal. She's going to do weekly lunches with students with the intention of listening to them. So she's going to go home, walk or talk. And I, I think that's, that's a takeaway for me too. That's um, create the, the rituals that you need to um, center the value and, and make it more um, fluid and possible for you to walk your talk. That's amazing. Um, when you think about the space that you guys are in, you know, uh, the UN has created a place for youth to share their voice around issues that are so important to our globe and to not just share their voice with other youth, but like with the world. Um, and how do we take that and bring it back and, and create those spaces so that young people that we are, yeah, like you said, creating rituals where we can hear and not just hear, but actually listen. <laughs> um, and, yeah. It's got to be intentional, right? It's got to yep. be very, very intentional. Mm -hmm. So Lena, if people want to learn more about green mangroves, how can they do that? So we've got an Instagram called green mangroves, the very direct. And we also have a website, uh, green mangroves, I think dot, dot dot com. Wonderful. Um, so Amy, can I, I have one more thing I'd like to mention. Oh, absolutely. The, the Commit to Action program this is very, very important. Um, one of the things that QFI does is incubates. It's an incubator of really good ideas. And we ran the Commit to Action program for three years. And we learned so much um, from the young people that were that participated. And while this, uh, QFI is no longer running the program, the youth engagement program, we took all those lessons that we learned and we curated them into an online professional development course for teachers. It lives on the participate.com platform. Uh, if you go to QFI, dot org backs backslash participate it'll take you right to the qfi community and you can find the commit to action course and it really just walks you right through how can you replicate a commit to action type program with your students that's wonderful and we should also mention that jen you also have kind of a podcast thing that you do as well um, yes, and I've actually I've been so busy that it's a project that's somewhat on hold, and um, and I'll definitely get back to you with more about that. I um, I haven't been I've just been too busy, but I'm doing important <laughs> things, so I'm okay yes. with it. <laughs> yeah, yes, you're both doing amazing important things. Um, so I just want to thank you guys again for being on the show, Lena, 
for sharing your passion with us today. Your work is amazing. Um, thank you for carrying the torch for climate action. Um, you and your sister, she's carrying the kayaks, you're carrying the torch, right? <laughs> and again, if you want to learn more about Green Mangroves, visit their website at greenmangroves.wixsite. That's W-I-X-S-I-T-E.com backslash greenmangroves.org. Or you can always email me at info, I-N-F-O at nylc.org, and I'll make sure you get connected with her. And Jen, thank you for everything you do to support young people, educators, service learning. Um, Everything you do is so impactful. And I just want to thank you for being a partner and a friend. And someday um, you're going to invite me to be on your boat. (laughs) (laughs) You got it. You got it. (laughs) Um, To our listeners, thanks for joining us today. If you missed any part of today's show or would like to access previous shows, visit our homepage on the Voice America Empowerment Radio site um, or download our podcast from iTunes, iHeart, Spotify, whatever it is you like to use. On next week's show, I'm going to be joined by leaders from the diverse the Diversify Our Narrative. Um, They're going to talk about the fight for racial justice in our school systems. I'm so excited. This is going to be a great one. So save the dates for Thursdays at six o'clock Eastern. And until next week, join us as we serve, learn, change the world. See you next week. Thank you for tuning in this week to the power of young people to change the world. Your host, Amy Muirs, will return for another program next Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time and 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Together, we'll serve, learn, change the world.